Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. Every year that we've gone on mission, um, uh, we've kind of created a space in our agenda for a time of devotion. And um, it's so crazy because devotions kind of are becoming my favorite part of this trip. Um, Devotions usually take place right after breakfast, um, and they give us a space to come together as a team, to pray, to sing, and to study the Word of God together. And again, like I said before, devotions literally over the years have become one of my more favorite times of the trip. Because devotions give us a place to regroup from the night before and then recharge for the day ahead. And uh, during this time of going on mission trip, I'm not a veteran by no stretch of the imagination. I've only gone to the Philippines three times, but I feel like I've gone enough to kind of make some discoveries. Um, I've actually made this powerful discovery. Um, Typically, when you go on a mission, especially across the world, you're really focused on how God is going to use you and how God is going to use your team to minister to the people. And you're focused on that, and you're passionate about it, you're excited about it, and God really does. He uses you in just ways you never thought or imagined. But one of the most amazing things that I've discovered about going on a missions trip, um, it's not just about what God does through you, but it's about what God does in you when you go on a mission. A lot of times we go out there thinking, man, we're going to bring the gospel, and then they end up doing more ministry to you than you did to them. And so devotions literally have become a time uh, where the team comes together in the morning and is still before each other and before the Lord. And we reflect on what God is saying and what what God is doing in us and to us while on mission. Um, During our very first devotion, a few hours before night one of EBS, we have no idea what's about to hit us. Um, the team, you'll see the team gathered together in the main church um, sanctuary, but the team is gathered together and has t- um, the team has actually gone into smaller groups. And what we do is uh, we'll give a devotion and then we'll break off into smaller groups and the smaller groups will just kind of discuss how the Lord is speaking to them on this mission through the devotion that was just given. And it just so happens that that day, I'm the one that gave the devotion and I gave it on Philippians chapter one, um, verses three through eight. And so I thought it would be kind of cool to share that same devotion with you this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. Now, you know me, I I always make you turn there and then have you hold on to it for at least an hour, right? So I'm not going to get right into the scripture. So if if you have it, just save it. Um, We will get there in a minute. But before we read, let me give you some, some background, some helpful context uh, to this book um, that we call Philippians, so that when we read the text, you can just kind of have an enriched understanding of what's taking place. So I just kind of want to share with you some background. The first thing that I want to tell you is this. Philippians was written by the Apostle Paul. And if you know anything about the Apostle Paul's life, you know that his life is literally one big missions trip. Um, in the same way that we spent time in the Philippines to preach the gospel, 
Paul journeyed to a city named Philippi and ministered the gospel there for three months. Now, while in Philippi, Paul led to faith in Christ a core group of people who would establish the first Christian church in that city. Now, among those converted was a businesswoman named Lydia who literally opened up her home to Paul and his co-workers so that they can minister the gospel from within inside her home. In fact, her home became one of the first places where the Philippian church congregated. Come on, ladies. Amen? Okay, I guess you're not interested in that. That's why it's not on TRL. Um, but I just find it powerful whenever scripture elevates and lets, allows us to know that women, it, was, it were women who were intricate in the start of the early church. Amen? And I know you find it powerful too. And so as I was kind of thinking through um, the Apostle Paul going to Philippi and, um, and ultimately winning over a core group of people to Christ and then establishing the church, I began to think about a little bit of um, what we've encountered in the Philippines in terms of their church plants. And so we have a picture of here, uh, picture, some pictures up here. Um, that we want to post. There we go. So, um, so there's a couple of pictures of their church plant. So they have their main church. And then um, from that church, can we go back to the first picture? Um, and from that church, uh, daughter churches have been planted. And so this church you see is kind of in a more urbanized area. Um, the next church um, that you could flip to um, is kind of more in a rural area. In fact, you can see there that um, when we went there the first year, um, there was actually nothing. And so now that we've gone back, um, we've actually gotten a little bit of a foundation, some walls on the side. There's a bathroom over there. Um, there's a nice log. I know that because I went there and took a nap on it um, while everybody was doing uh, work during that day. And, um, and, so, um, and then this year, we actually got to see a new church plant. So if you went with us in year one or you went year one and year two, but you didn't come to year three, you actually missed um, an opportunity to see a new church plant. And there that is. And um, I'm going to attempt to say bagak. Um, and I said it correct because I have a thumbs up from a Filipino in the front row. And, and that is important. But um, what's really cool, and let's just keep that up there for a minute. Um, the church that we've partnered with in the Philippines like the Apostle Paul, has also planted three daughter churches in locations that need the gospel. Amen? And again, like I was saying, this year we got to go to this place, um, their newest location in Bagak, literally, check it out, literally on the side of a mountain next to a river. Like, that's not a joke. You know, like, well, yeah, you know, where do you go to church? I go on the side of the mountain next to a river. Like that, it's not cliche, it's not a joke. It's literally on the side of a hill, um, uh, next to a river. In fact, when we pulled up and we got out, we were kind of like, well, where's the church going to be? They're like, yeah, right there. And, uh, and we're like, right where? And so as we walked up, we got to see um, where this church would be. And I have to be honest with you guys. Um, I was so challenged. Uh, I was so challenged by the faith of this community that's living there right now. And I was so challenged by the faith of the mother church in the Philippines. Because in America... Uh, conditions need to be perfect, right? We need the right leaders. We need the right amount of money. We need the perfect location. And even when we have all of that, we still won't plant for another two or three years. But in the Philippines, like the Apostle Paul, all they needed was a faithful group of people who came to Christ. 
And so what we had found out was that in this location, at the mother church, there were a couple of people who had come to Christ, and they had said, bring a church to our area. We believe we can reach people in our location. And so the church said, okay, we'll do it. They bought a piece of land, and they said, let's have church. And what you see in this picture is no walls, right? No foundations, but the church meets there faithfully every Sunday to worship Jesus on the side of a hill right next to the river. And, I, I, and it, this is what I mean. It's moments like this that I forget who's ministering to who. In fact, when we showed up, uh, this church plant refused for us to show up without making us food. And they're like, it's a real poor area, as you can see. And, uh, and they wanted to, so we were bringing food, and typically everywhere we go, we'll bring food and, and we'll bring things to be able to, uh, uh, to be able to kind of just, um, to have a good time with the people that we're going to. But this, this group, actually, when we came, they wanted to make food for us. And uh, again, like I said, it's moments like this where I forget who's ministering to who. Um, and I love it because their church planting model looks more like the Apostle Paul's than ours does. And that challenges me. That challenges me as a pastor. So let's get, let's get back into the context of Philippians. Now, evidently, Philippi meant so much to the Apostle Paul that even while Paul, Paul was in prison for his faith, just the thought of those believers in Philippi brought him great joy. And so this is a really cool thing. When you read the book of Philippians, Paul's writing this letter to the believers at Philippi, and he's writing to them while he's in jail. Now, let's jump into this. Listen to the first several lines of the letter that Paul wrote this church in Philippi. And we're going to start with verse 3. Paul writes, and he says this, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. Wow. As I read this and as you read this, you can just feel how deeply Paul is moved by the church in Philippi. Paul is in prison. He has every right to be frustrated. He has every right to complain with his circumstances. Yet the thought of what God is doing through the people of Philippi brings him great joy. And if you've ever been on a mission, and if you've ever seen gospel impact, real gospel impact, you can understand exactly what Paul is feeling. Listen, when you share the gospel with someone, when you co-labor for Christ alongside another believer in a foreign land, you can't help but begin to develop a deep love for the people you've been sent to reach. 
You even long to return to them, to see all God is doing. And it's so true. I was telling the team, um, every time we go on this mission trip to the Philippines, um, I get home and I get jet lag. And it takes me a couple of days to figure that one out. And then I don't want to see a bowl of noodles for, uh, for the rest of my life. I want McDonald's. Um, I want cheeseburgers. I want fries. I want Mexican food. I want chicken enchiladas. I want... I just, if I never see a noodle, it's great. And that usually lasts right until around maybe the rest of July into August. And then August comes by and you start getting into the routine of church again because you're, you're, you're laboring for Christ here in the United States. But it's so crazy because as we get closer to January, I begin to think about the people of the Philippines. And this is coming to you from a person, and ask Kat, my wife, from a person that never went on a mission trip and never thought I would go. I just thought, you know what? God needs me to be on mission right here. I don't need to go across the globe. But when we planted a church, and I feel like God was calling us to be a church that was global, not just local, but, but uh, um, international, um, I began to realize, well, maybe I should go on this first trip. And so a little bit of a secret, I wasn't going to go on the first trip, but then I decided to go on the first trip. And then when I went on the first trip, I thought to myself, oh, I'm only going to go once, and then I did my pastoral job. And then I'm going to send a team out and let them continue to go. But I've been on it every time, and I'll tell you why. Because whenever you co-labor in a foreign land, or whenever you share the gospel just in general uh, with individuals, you, you yearn for them. You, you long for them. You, you develop a love for them that's beyond your understanding. And so it's so crazy because every year I go through this kind of same cycle, but right around the new year in January, you start to kind of get excited to go back for the Philippines. You begin to think about the people. You begin to pray for them and see them. And then when you get ready to go back, you're so excited because you just long to see what God has done since you've been gone. And when we went back, Back this, this third time, it was so cool to see yet another church being planted in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So you see, in many ways, Inspire's heart for the Philippines is much like Paul's heart for the Philippians. Now, on the flip side of that, in many ways, Inspire Church is much like the church in Philippi. Listen again to what Paul said in verse 4. Paul says, because of your partnership in the gospel, and then later on in verse 7, Paul will say, you are all partakers with me of grace. Because of your partnership in the gospel, you all are partakers of me, uh, partakers with me of grace. Now, what did Paul mean by this? Paul is saying, you're not just the church that I've planted, but you become partners in the gospel. Whenever Paul thinks of Philippi, he doesn't just long for them as a church that he's planted, but he, he affectionately with joy thinks about them because this church that he has planted has now become partners with him in the gospel. You see, Philippi was sending money to Paul. Philippi was sending resources to aid Paul in his missionary journey. And when others had abandoned Paul, when others had mocked Paul, when others had told Paul to quit, Philippi stood by him and supported him, and this brought him great joy. As a result, Paul tells Philippi, because you gave, because you prayed, the same grace that God has given to me on this mission, it's yours. Don't let me lose you. 
Don't let me lose you. I, I, don't want, I don't want you to, just because this is about a mission trip and this isn't about us in America, you could just disconnect right now. I need you to hear this. Paul is saying, because you gave, because you prayed, because you resourced me, the same grace that I'm experiencing on this trip is yours to have too, if you want it. If you want it, it's yours. And this is what this morning is all about. We're not just here to entertain you with cool pictures. Don't you hate that? We're not just here, oh, look at the poor kids. Everybody feel bad. We're not here to do that. Today is not about entertaining you. With cool pictures or cool stories. We're here to tell you what God gave to us on this trip, he's given to you too. But only if you want it. Only if you want it. Only if you want it. Inspired Church, I want you to know, know the joy that we received from spreading the gospel. Every hug, every smile from every child excited to t- taste chocolate for the first time. The lessons we learned, the hardships we endured, and the grace we received from God to continue on when we were too tired to do anymore. It all belongs to you too. It belongs to you too. Some of you prayed for us and didn't stop praying for us. Some of you paid for us. Some of you donated your time, your money, your energy. We could have not have done this without the love and support of a home church. Listen, listen. We could not have done this without the love and support of a home church that loves Jesus and is passionate about sharing the gospel. So like the Apostle Paul, I felt my love for Inspire grow while I was away. I'm so proud of our church. I'm so proud of the fact that on one Sunday a year, members of Inspire Church are serving Christ at home and in a foreign land. Every year that I'm in the Philippines and I wake up that first Sunday, I think about you going to bed on Sunday night because here in the States, you have just proclaimed the gospel on Sunday. And there in the Philippines, we're going to wake up and we're going to partner and co-labor with a church and proclaim the gospel. And I'm just so honored that we're a part of a church that in two places across the world can be sharing the gospel. And this wouldn't have happened without you. You prayed, you paid, you donated. So these are not just pictures and testimonies and lessons, and victories, these are gifts that God has given every single one of us that went on this trip. Gifts of grace. But I want you guys to know that because you are a church that loves the gospel, these gifts that were given to us were also given to you to encourage your faith. I want to invite a few of the team members to come up. And here's what I want you to do. Every year, whenever we give our testimonies, I want to do something a little bit different. Every year, whenever we give testimonies and we do our little dance and show the video, it's always awesome and it's beautiful and it's amazing. But I want to emphasize their testimonies are yours too. And, And as they speak and as they share the lessons learned, the joy they gained, 
I pray that those of you in here would receive that as yours too. Just like Paul said, um, because you partnered with me in the gospel, you are also partakers of the grace that has been given to me. And so will you receive that? Not ju- will you receive this not just as theirs, but yours too? Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. So prior to going on the mission trip, um, I had a lot of personal things that were going on in my life. Um, and I was, I f- it felt like I was intentionally being attacked at every angle. And so I felt super discouraged. Um, I had allowed my weaknesses to make me feel disqualified to be um, a missionary. But nevertheless, I said, God called me to be there, and so I'm going. And so I went. Um, keep in mind that I've never been out of the country before or without my husband or my kids. So I was totally not in my comfort zone. Um, and as soon as I began to feel uncomfortable, I know that the Lord was trying to do something. So I said, you know what, it's time to activate my faith and just see, you know, what God has in store for all of us. So, um, Sunday came around and I was able to give my testimony. Um, and after I gave my testimony, a woman had came up to me and she said, I drove three hours just to hear your testimony. You know, my mom just passed away from cancer and she said, I believe that I have a word from God for you. Um, And as soon as she said the words, without a doubt, I knew that it was God. Um, So she said, don't give up. She said, uh, God is renewing your spirit. Oh, whoa, that really touched my heart right there. Um, And then another lady came up to me shortly after. Actually, she was a young lady, about 22 years old. And she said, uh, your testimony really touched me. And she said, I want to give you a gift. And she wrapped up her favorite dress and um, her favorite pin. And she wrote me a letter in Tagalog. And in the letter, it said, I wish that I will be the one to share the good news one day. Um, So we became really close. She served alongside um, Sabrina Francis and I. And she ended up opening up to all of us, telling us that she has a broken family. And so I made a promise to her that I would continue to pray for healing. And just yesterday, she sent me a video. And in the video, she was leading a group of kids in the Philippines um, to sing worship songs to Jesus. All right? And at the end, um, you know, all of the kids said, I love you, Ate, Andrea, I love you, Pastor Phil. And she mentioned everybody's name, Tammy, everybody's name. Um, But for me, that was so rewarding to see because that was one of our goals was for um, the the young leaders out there to feel like they can continue what God had started. So I share all of this with you as a testimony of how complicated that we can make things and how simple the gospel is I disqualified myself because of my reactions to the things that were happening in my life, but God never did because he knows that I genuinely love him and believe in him, and that's all that he requires. Um, and it, was, it became really apparent to me that you don't need to be gifted to be um, on a missions trip. You don't have to know everything because God is the one who, who already knows everything. He's, he has everything that we don't. So seeing each person grow, overcome, um, just cry together, play together. And, you know, we were actually playing like we were kids out there. And it was just a really good experience. And just watching everybody grow in different ways was so rewarding. And I'm so glad that I got to be a part of this trip.
That was awesome. So my name's, uh, my name's Brian, a.k.a. Sir Brian. That was uh, one of my many uh, nicknames I had out there. And uh, so obviously I'm, I'm kind of new to Inspire. And when Pastor initially kind of was grieved that not enough people would rise up to go. I've been to a couple mission trips already. And so I just, I, initially I was like, oh, wow, I can do this. So I said yes, but with, well, what came that was was um, uncertainties and, and, and personal mind battles, nothing big. But through all that, I pressed on through my fears because I know I was doing this for the gospel. Wow. And I know there was a bigger picture, yeah. and, and I know that I'm not, I'm not afraid to go. I'm not afraid to go. Like, like Drea said, well, I'm not you know, the most gifted, but you know what I have is, is God's spirit in me and, and the willingness to say yes and go. So with that, it was fun, but... One of the turning points for me when we traveled to the village um, but that he showed us, and uh, as we got to, Kat got to minister and Pastor got to minister to the, to the youth and the adults, we got to go with the kids. And playing with the kids, and um, when we got to pray with the kids and pass out that candy, it was just so, like, it was just so humbling and so beautiful to see that, you know, here we are, just these kids, they have nothing, and they're, you know, we're pouring out love to them, we're laughing with them, and just having a good time, and, you know, they're, they're as we prayed for the candy, you could just see their hearts were just melting as they ate it, and I looked to the side on one of the times, and it showed two little girls, and they, I think they each got like five or six pieces of candy, and they were sharing them with each other, and it was just, oh, man, my heart was just like, and I just told some of the other uh, group, I said, look at that, that is so powerful, how God just moved that, and obviously, VBS was was awesome. I got to uh, pair up my brother Vincent right here. We got to put our minds together for the Jesus saves the world. That was the theme. Jesus saves the world, and and doing that, we put our minds together, and I got to play Jesus on the cross for two days. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, no hair, white, super white. Just it was a good time, man. It was just. I was like, I'm going to play Jesus. So we put our minds together. We made a cross. We found a couple of things. And, I, and I, I literally stood there the whole time. And I think, is it there? Yeah, I literally stood there the whole time. But what really melted my heart was, as I got to stand on stage like I'm doing with you, I got to see all their faces. And as me and Vince, as Vince mostly taught, and I would say some scriptures when it was my time, it was just seeing their hearts so open for the gospel. I mean, they were just... It was in awe, and I can just, and one moment I was sitting there, I was like, man, what was Jesus thinking when he was on the cross looking down at everybody? I know it was a different experience. I'm not going to go too deep, but my heart was just, just so, oh, man, it was so, just the joy and the love. And then we got this to uh, do the memory verse, and just to see them, and, you know, we'd, we'd, when the kids would say, I want to do the memory verse, we'd pass them out candy when they said it, and what was even more awesome is the next day we would ask them, what was the memory verse? And they would come up and they would tell us. And it was so awesome. And they would call me Jesus. And there's Jesus. And it was, it was just funny. My, my, my name's Brian, but I was known as Jesus for the first two days. So it was, you know, it was humbling. It was, it was so great. But I just, you know, and then obviously I can't forget the youth. We got to do a special youth night with them. But every night... After VBS, we got to go hang out with the youth. 
that helped us. They had youth there that would help us, and we'd feed them. And they were just a joy, and they just blessed us more than I think we blessed them, if I can say that, you know, because we just laughed. They worshiped. We laughed. We were silly. We were sneaking food to them and ice cream, and it was, it was just so awesome. But, you know, the, I, I, one thing I know is, is the mission doesn't stop there. And Brother, uh, Brother Joey got to share with the, with the boys that, hey, when we leave, you guys are still going to be here. You got to teach these kids. You got to still. We're leaving, but you're going to be here. And that's the same for us. You know, we left the Philippines, but we still have a mission here at home. I still have a mission at my work, at church, with my friends. So I'm just humbled. I thank Kat. I thank Pastor. And I thank the whole team. I got to say, this whole team was, we were... I didn't see nothing, man. There was just a bond. It was a unity. It was so much fun to just jump around and laugh and play with the kids. So I thank you, Inspire, and God willing, I'll be there next year. Hey. You know, the hard part about mission for me is, um, is not letting the moments pass by too quickly. I think being, like, programmed and what needs to be done, leading people and wanting things to be done the way it's supposed to be planned. Um, my, my big prayer, my personal prayer when mission starts and all that stuff is asking God to just, Lord, slow it down for me. Slow it down so I can feel, so I can see, so I can know your gospel. Slow it down, God. Um, an awesome thing, one of my favorite moments is um, when we when we get there, we take three days to kind of, um, we transition slowly for lots of different reasons. And we, every day there's ministry, but um, VBS doesn't start till the fourth night. And so every day we put our hands in little things. As you can see, we visit the church plants, the daughter churches. We grow with them, church. You grow with them. And it's really such a beautiful thing. But on the um, third day, we get to go around the Plaza Mall. We've also grown with the Plaza Mall. We've seen it thrive. We've seen it burnt down. We've seen it building. We've seen it in lots of different <laughs> versions of it. So we'll see what next year looks like. Um, but it's, uh, when we get to the Plaza, it's kind of our like downtime. People get to go hang out, go to the markets, just make sure to come back in the middle within two hours. Don't go by yourself. Um, don't eat the ice, don't drink the dirty ice, don't eat the dirty ice cream, just, you know, all those rules, right? And so we come together, and we're just hanging out, and we're in the plaza, and um, just imagine like a big plaza, right? And so we're there, and these um, two children are like, they, they randomly came in the middle of the plaza, and they're just sitting there, they're just squatting on the ground, they have these cups, one is they just finished eating their taho. The other one, they were, you know, begging for coins. And um, in that moment, I am trying to slow down. I'm trying to say, God, it's going to speed up real soon once, we ha once the next day comes. And I just need it to slow down right now. And I saw our team on my right. And so beautiful. We're just building community, right? It, we've said it many times. Um, what happens in the two weeks of missions is what you might accomplish in community for a year attending church. And so I'm looking at our team. Team's having fun. Everyone's just having a great time, right? And there are these children to my left. And I was like, I'm just going to sit down next to them. I'm going to sit in this moment. And so I sit down. And I don't even know if they notice me. <laughs> But I'm just, I introduce myself. I ask them questions. What's your name? How old are you? Where's mom and dad? I start to joke with them. And then the church 
um, in front of us is a, um, is a Catholic church, and the bells ring really loud. And it was like, wow, this is it, Lord. You're slowing it down. I hear you. I see it. It's going down. And I just asked them the simple question, do you, do you guys go to that church? I think they're coming out of mass right now. And they light up because now we've made a connection. I'm asking them who they are, telling them who I am. They can care less, right? And they say, yeah, we go. And I just, I ask these simple questions. What do you guys, what do you guys learn about there? And then they say, Jesus. And I'm like, Jesus, I know Jesus. Tell me more about him. What, what did he do? And they say, Napaco Sacruz. He was nailed on the cross. And I was like, yes, he did. And so I begin to just kind of do some motions. I do the cross, put out my hands, and then I put my head down. I go, and then what happened? Oh, he died. Did he stay dead? He said, no, Nabuhai. He came to life. And so I began to talk to him about what that meant. Because I asked, well, why do you think he did that? I don't know. And so we talk about what Christ had done on the cross, about his love and how that was for us because of his great love, because he loved the world so much. And so in that conversation, as God is slowing it down, gosh, the gospel is so beautiful. And I was reminded again, right before everything, the whirlwind was going to come of why we go and why we do what we do. And it's that. It's so we are reminded and we're, you know, you know, America, Philippines, first world country, third world country, whatever it is, the gospel is simple. It's not complicated. It's about Jesus, who he is and what he had done for us. And it's for everyone. His love is, his life is free for all, no matter what situation. It was such a beautiful moment. And I'm just thankful, church, because like what Pastor Phil is saying, you are with us. You partner in this grace. You partner in this gift. You co-labor with us. You might be the feet there, but you are co-laboring with us. And as we continue on to be global, I just want to encourage you that it's about the gospel. It really is. Across the street, across the world. Thank you. Thank you for allowing God to teach you that. So thank you. We're going to conclude this morning. Uh, we're just going to conclude with a time of worship. But before, before we do that, I want to give you just one more gift before we worship. You know, of all the incredible opportunities the Lord gave to us and gave to me in the Philippines, I think the one that I cherished the most was the one that we didn't plan. It's kind of like Kat was saying. Um, and it was the moment that I got to share the simple gospel with a few teenage boys on the side of a basketball court in the Philippines. Now, this, this means something for me because um, my wife will tell you, when I first got into youth ministry, when I was first invited into youth ministry, um, I remember coming to youth on a Friday night. They were having these Friday night, summer night events. <clears throat> and I remember thinking to myself as I walked into the youth ministry that night, um, I don't know if I belong here because all of the young adult youth leaders um, uh, had been to Bible college. They were in the middle of Bible college. Um, I had just come out from living my life in the world. 
I didn't really feel like I could do anything. I didn't really feel like I could minister. And I remember kind of coming to that night thinking, oh my goodness, you know, they're, they're planning a skit. They, they had like a human video they were going to do, I think. And uh, one of the leaders was going to bring a message. And there was like six or seven young adults. And um, I think, Auntie Cheryl, you were there as well. I think during that time, your, your, um, your brother was the pastor. And he had actually just invited me to come help. And I didn't know what I can do. But I remember when I walked uh, um, onto the church, and it was in Hayward, um, I remember there was a basketball hoop um, kind of on the side. And there were some kids from the hood uh, shooting hoops. And I thought, that's the one thing I know. I can play ball. And I might not be able to preach the gospel. I might not even know what theologically all these things. But the one thing I can do is I can play basketball. And so I remember walking over to the side. There was probably like seven or eight kids and started to play basketball with them. And, um, and uh, you know, they were talking trash and I was talking back with them. And, and we started a ball. And of course, once they realize that you can play, they give you respect. You know, once they realize, okay, you know what you're doing. You're not just coming out here that like you can't. And, um, and I just remember like my first two years in youth ministry, um, I didn't know much about the scriptures, but what I did know was that I was gonna spend time with them. And I took whatever God gave me, whatever ability that I had, and I, and, and I found a way to connect. And so fast forward to the Philippines the last three years, we've been having our VBS on, under these covered courts. And so they love basketball in the Philippines. And uh, in fact, we went there the first year and it was unbelievable because we actually got a chance to play against the province champs. Crazy story. Um, but ever since then, every time I go to the Philippines and every time I walk out to the cover court, that's the first thing I think about. I'm not a pastor. Um, VBS is being taken care of. Um, like my one job is to go find the basketball and to go and play with these kids and these young men. And, um, and again, one of my favorite moments was the unplanned moment. And um, we had just got done playing basketball, um, a sweaty game of basketball. You take a shower there and you're sweaty. You're sweating while you're in the shower. But well, we had just got done playing a game of basketball and a young man asked me, um, is Jesus your God? And I smiled because I knew it was a setup. Like how could I deny this pass that was perfectly given to me? It was an assist from the Lord. Um, and I smile, and I knew God was in this whole thing. And instead of answering him, um, I, I actually gathered them all around and I asked them, what do you think happens when you die? And of course, they were quiet for a moment. And then one of them finally spoke. And in fact, it's, I believe it's the second one to the far left. He spoke up and he said, judgment, judgment. I said, what happens when you die? He said, I know, judgment. And I looked at him and I asked him, well, how will you be judged? And he began to explain to me that God would look at all the good things he's done and all the bad things he's done and determined whether he deserved heaven or not. So I asked them all, are you good boys? <laughs> and they all kind of laughed. And you could tell that they looked at each other like, mm, you're not, right? And, and these were teenagers, and about three of them actually had cigarettes at the time, which whatever is neither here nor there, but they kind of, one kind of just flicked it a little bit to the side. And they all kind of gave this nervous laugh, and again, like I said, one flicked the cigarette to the side, and it was at that moment, the oldest one, and you'll see he's the only one not wearing a white shirt beside me. Um, the oldest one, um, the one that wasn't wearing a white shirt, 
kind of with a somber look on his face, he told me, um, none of us are very good. And I could tell they were kind of like, you know, what are you saying? Um, but when I heard that, I smiled because the gospel had them right where it wanted them. I said to them, you're right. None of us are good boys, me included. We've all failed God. We all deserve his wrath. But there's good news. There's good news. This is why Jesus came. He, he lived the perfect life that you and I could not live. He took the wrath of God that you and I deserved. And in our place, he took the full punishment, the full penalty of our sin. He did it for us in our place. And I told him, you asked me earlier if Jesus was my God. And I told you right now, knowing that he's done all of this, how could he not be? And he can be yours too if you would just repent and believe in this simple simple gospel and it's so funny because the oldest one the one that told me everybody was not very good he smiled and he said to me is it really that easy and I told him yes the gospel is that easy and so as we finish today I want to challenge you with this there is more joy and more grace waiting for you if you would just learn to live a life on mission. And the cool thing is, is you don't have to go across the world. It's across the street. It's the cubicle next to you. It might even be someone living in your home right now. I want to challenge you something that I challenged the team that day we did devotions in the Philippines. I said this, what mission is waiting for you back home? What mission is waiting for you back home? And I want to challenge you, what mission is waiting for you when you leave this place? How about this? What grace, what gift are you missing out on because you're not sharing the gospel? The simple, beautiful gospel. The reason why we all are here. The reason why we give. The reason why we serve. The reason why we go. The reason why we give our money so that others could go is because of the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. And I love what Andrea said. If you've complicated it, let's go back to the simplicity of the gospel. Amen. Is the cross really enough for you? What else do you need to be complete? What else do you need to be whole? What else are you searching for? What else are you looking for? Is the gospel, is the cross enough? And I think sometimes we fall into anxiety. Sometimes we fall into stress. Sometimes we fall into sin because the cross is not enough. But I'm here to tell you the cross is enough. Christ is enough. That his grace is sufficient. Sufficient, it's enough. Not a not a new house, not a better paying job. All of those things is just going to compound your problems. Your whole life you've been walking around, if I just did this, things would be better. If I just got this job, or I made this amount of money, or I lived in this location, or if I just went to this church, or if I just had this mentor, or this disciple, things would be better. If I just went here, it would be better. And everywhere you went, it's never gotten better. 
I want you to know the cross is enough. And in Jesus, he is sufficient. You don't need anything else. He is all sufficient. So Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this church, this local church, this church that you planted in Union City to reach the nations, to reach the neighborhoods. And Lord, I repent as the pastor of this church for making it more about other things than not the gospel. We repent as a church. Will you just take a moment to repent? God, I repent. I'm sorry. Forgive me for making my life about the pursuit of other things and not the cross. God, help me to see that your grace is sufficient. It's enough. I don't need anything else. I'm already whole in you. I'm not missing anything. I'm not lacking anything. In Christ, I am full. I am complete. And it's a fight every week to believe that gospel. But whether you're a new Christian or you've been a believer for 40, 50 years, you will always need the gospel. The gospel. You will never become too old for the gospel. You'll never mature beyond the gospel. You will always need the gospel to center you, anchor you in your life. And so if you see yourself right now starting to drift away, will you allow the anchor of the gospel to set your mind right, to set your heart right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we stand here so thankful. I thank you for this church, a giving church. And like the Apostle Paul said, because they partnered with us in the gospel, they are also partakers of this grace. The grace that we received on this trip is yours. Receive it. And Lord, I just pray that this would always be a church that would proclaim the beautiful, simple gospel, that we wouldn't make it about anything else. And then if we move too far from it, we'd always go right back to it. And I just pray for everyone in this room, Lord. There's a mission waiting for us. Maybe it's our families in our own home. Maybe it's our cubicle. Maybe it's across the street to our neighbors. Maybe it's the gospel moving our hearts again closer to you. I just pray, Lord God, that Inspired Church will be a church that would never drift away from the anchor of your beautiful gospel. The cross is enough. So Jesus, we love you. We honor you. We thank you for another successful trip. We pray that all the seeds that were planted would be watered. And we pray for all the seeds that were watered would continue to grow into a healthy, beautiful tree. We pray right now for the church in the Philippines, right now. We lift up every pastor, every leader, every young adult, every youth, every child. Lord, we declare growth. We declare that your gospel will be made known. And Lord, we lift up Inspired Church before you. May we become a community that loves one another and loves Jesus for the honor and glory of God so that we can reach our cities for you. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' matchless name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspire Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspire Churches through Instagram at Inspire Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash inspirechurches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.